war in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to the John DePietro Show. Well, folks, good afternoon. It is right now 12.06, and you're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM, AM 1380, excuse me, 99.9 FM. Good afternoon to everybody tuned in, watching our live simulcasts. Boom, there it is. On Facebook Live is the John DePietro Show. And I was about to say our live simulcast on Cox 3 that we did many years ago. I was the first one to, to pull that off and do that. You see it a lot now. But um, but we used to have that. It was very successful, popular. I, I liked it because it also, there were, there were people that were completely unaware that Juan was even on the radio at the time. Uh, but that was just one of the things we did that we were the first ones in the area to to do it. Um, folks, this portion of the program, brought to you by PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. They're having a fantastic season. I am not surprised. Stop by and see them. Rhode Island's number one garden center. They're also a full-scale nursery. Everything you need to make your home a showstopper. Hanging pots, uh, annuals, perennials, trees and shrubs, hanging patients, large selection, beautiful patio pots, vegetable plants and herbs, tropical mandevillas, hibiscus plants, screen loom and mulch available for pickup and delivery. It's Steve and Debbie and Junior and Byron. Folks, it's PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. Stop it and see them. 3688 Quaker Lane. North Kingstown, right off of Route 4. Look for them as well on Facebook. Folks, we have a lot of stories up. Again, good afternoon, one and all, at 12.08 in the Ocean State. Again, also, good afternoon to everybody, of course. We have so many listeners in Massachusetts. Sometimes it almost feels split, uh, although it does tend to be more with the, the RI crowd. But we certainly have a lot of people that tune in, uh, since we're obviously we're right on the border of, of uh of Massachusetts, but check out the website, dipetro.com, <coughs> D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com, and we have um, the video up of the work stabbing that we were at last night, and then also more news on that 15-year-old from West Warwick who was shot and killed in Silver Lake, uh, and also, you know, where is Charlotte Lester update, the restaurant that was making fun of the Holocaust, the real story of what happened in Cumberland. There it is. We broke that story. Was it July 10th or 12th that we broke it wide open? And then the rest of the media kind of slowly caught up to us um, late last week. But anyhow, you can check it all out at the website, dipetro.com. Look at this. I'm uh, 16th. Nope. It was even before then. Before then. There it was. July 10th. What happened in Cumberland? And then we have and have a new update. Obviously, we're talking about the married couple, uh, Eric and Courtney Hurd. So you can read all about it, folks, at the website, dimitro.com. By the way, we have more details there than any other news organization. We broke the story. We have far more than, than anyone. And it also, we explain why the investigation took longer, why they had a joint wake and funeral, and, and even more details that show uh, what a just a horrific, pathetic individual uh, Eric Her- uh, Heward was. Um, just her- horrendous. And folks, but check it out at the website, dipetro.com, which is brought to you by Home Again Consignment. Stop it and see John. Governor Francis Shopping Center, fine furniture, art, antiques, glassware, jewelry, buy, sell, or consign. He also does estate sales. There are some people that pop in there once a week because he always gets new material, uh, you know, new merchandise, and I should say. Home Again Consignment, and look for them on Facebook. I want to um, I want to start off with just this whole situation, excuse me, with the soccer stadium. And the, the reason, you know, there, there's a lot that goes into this. And the media is just kind of going the peripheral. And, and, and as always, folks, I mean, I get it. Everyone has, well, most media plays a role. But someone that should not get a free pass in this whole thing is you have to go to how the vote happened. Carl Weinstein, this is what deserves attention. Uh, Governor McKee is trying to, you know, shied everybody away from what happened and how it went down that way and how it went down. (coughs) Excuse me, folks. My goodness, I don't have a cough. You know, this is terrible. I don't start coughing until Juan comes on the the radio. But the... um, but the real story goes into how the vote came about. And I'll tell you where that 
uh, Todd, Todd, um, excuse me, Carl Wadstein, where he should not be let off the hook is it never should have come to Governor McKee with the tie, the uh, tie breaking vote. So, you know, you have to back up for a moment. Today is Wednesday. This happened Monday night. Patrick Anderson was there. The headline, Pawtucket Soccer Stadium moves ahead on McKee tie-breaking vote. So, Governor McKee, listen, there's no way. Let me explain something to you to no one else. I'll break it down for you. On that board, Rhode Island Commerce Corporation, is George Nee. One of the people that has led to the destruction of the state, but controls the state. McKee is really just a puppet to Nee, who is just a hideous human being. Rhode Island Commerce Corporation Board to approve a reworked public financing plan, 124 million professional soccer stadium in Pawtucket on the Seekonk River. The most expensive minor league soccer stadium in the country. Does that make sense to anyone with the brain? Oh, really? The most expensive Minor league soccer stadium, that must be in Miami. Guess again. That must be in New York. Guess again. That should be in, I would imagine that must be in Chicago or LA or San Antonio or wherever. Nope. Guess again. Pawtucket. McKee cheers the board that oversees this. So it was a six to five vote. Two abstained. It was five to five, and that allowed Governor McKee, he only gets to vote if it's a tie. So two people took a powder and didn't vote. Now, I would like to know what kind of communication Governor McKee had with those two individuals and what promises were made. You know, there's a great scene, (coughs) excuse me again, in the movie Heat. And again, folks, good afternoon. It is Juan. Thank you for the stars, those on Facebook. That is your way of saying, Juan, right on. I agree with you. Good point. Showing your appreciation for the program. But there's a great scene in the movie Heat, which is one of the all, I mean, it's one of my favorite films. I've seen it, I don't know how many times, over 30 times. But anyhow, where the robbery that they planned, Neil McCauley, played by Robert De Niro, Val Kilmer, Right, Al Pacino is the cop. John Voight's in that film. Um, Henry Rollins from Black Flag is in Heat. That battleground scene, the bank robbery scene that they shot in downtown Los Angeles, a part of uh, L.A. a lot of people don't see. I only got to see it a little bit when I went out to L.A. for the O.J. Simpson's trial. That O.J. Simpson trial, that's where it was held downtown. The O.J. Simpson trial should have been held. They have a beautiful little courthouse in Brentwood where he lived. That's where the trial should have been. That's where his civil trial was, right? But anyhow, so in the movie Heat, they shot that on a weekend, so it was empty. But if you've seen the the, the scene when they come out of the bank and Macaulay and the cops are waiting for him (coughs) and the echoing of the chamber, it's, it's an unbelievable, incredible shootout scene. And, you know, Val Kilmer and um, Tom Sizemore, before he lost his mind, he's in it. And, and they're going ballistic. But the point is, afterwards, Val Kilmer, by the way, I saw Top Gun Maverick last night. It's fantastic. I know it took me a long time to get it. I will get to that. What an unbelievable experience. Boy, going to the movies is the greatest now. Reclining chairs. Went with my son. It was fantastic. The only thing was we went late. So then I was wired. So then Juan was up to like 1.30 in the morning. But anyhow, in the scene, what happens? Stay with me. When they come out of the bank and, oh, my God, there's the cops. So Val Kilmer, when they have a moment, says to Neil, right? Robert De Niro, Macaulay. Who? Like, who, what happened? This, you know, everything was going smooth. They get in the car, Tom Sizemore, they're, you know, they're laughing. You know, Michael, 
Chirito, there's that great scene, Tone Loke. You know, the guy calls everybody slick. He's got a huge peacock tattoo right here. What's his name? Chirito, Michael Chirito. But anyhow, Val Kilmer says to Neil McCauley, who, like, who, who did this? And what does De Niro say? Who wasn't here? Who wasn't here? We're doing a robbery. Somebody tipped off the cops to the robbery. Turns into a massive shootout where the driver is shot and killed. Val Kilmer is wounded. Sizemore, right? Michael Sherito is killed. Who tipped off the cops? Who's not here? And then they know it was Henry Rollins and, you know, Wayne Grow and the whole, they went to the guy's house and said, listen, we're going to, you're either going to tell us what job they're doing or we're going to kill your wife. And they end up killing them both anyway. But my point is, the media is not focusing on, oh, the vote. But who didn't vote? Who didn't vote? That's what you have to look at. Okay, who wasn't there? So down the dial, which is so, those people have no idea what they're talking about. But huge defenders of, oh, Carl. Oh, yeah, Carl Wadstein. He's a, oh, yeah? Oh, you know, I missed a cigar. He gives the blanking patent speech, right? Big blowhard. Here's my question. What deal did he cut with McKee and Need? George Nee, excuse me. For his non-vote. Listen, everybody's got a price, right? Everybody's got a price. That Commerce Board is corrupt. McKee knew, I'm not going to get enough votes in order to, you know, I'm not going to convince those two guys to vote for it. So what did, he is, he is Ed, Ed Dupree 2.0. Governor McKee. I don't remember the last time we had this kind of a sleazy politician. No, no, no. They go this route. If you can't get them to vote yes, you don't want them to vote no. So what do they do? Just don't vote. That should be the questions. Carl Wadstein, I didn't know enough about this, so I didn't. Oh, no, no, no. You, who, who do you think you're talking to, right? I think we're, I was born at night, not last night. Listen to me, and everybody, pay attention at twelve nineteen. This is Rhode Island. We're talking about. Put the we put the R in corruption. Carl wants to eat. Well, I I got the information late, and uh, so I did. Oh, all BS. What did McKee and Nee promise you? Could break this guy in two seconds. In fact, I will call him. I've met him before. We had a very pleasant conversation. It was some time ago. I was told he was a little off. I didn't think of him as, see, he just says, oh, I didn't vote. Is there anything more spineless than someone that doesn't stand up? Let me ask you a question, Carl Weinstein. If you didn't vote, what are you on the blanking board for? I didn't vote. What a jerk. The Commerce Board members voting in favor of the new gift to labor, unnecessary, most expensive soccer stadium in the country. Governor McKee got to vote. They planned that. If it's deadlocked, I get to vote. We're not going to flip these guys. I get it. Carl Weinstein, I didn't vote for 38 students. You know, he marched around announcing that forever. He could have voted no. What does he say? Oh, I didn't have enough information. Oh, yeah? Well, there were five people that voted no. Mary Jo Kaplan voted no. Vanessa Toledo Vickers, no vote. Bernie Bonanno Jr., no vote. Michael McNally, no vote. And then this other person, Sam's. Carl Weinstein and William Stone abstained. Gutless? Well, I didn't know. Don't tell me. You didn't know enough about the project because there were five people that knew enough and voted no. Who voted in favor of it? 
Governor McGreed. George Nee, gee, what a shock. The laborers and unions get a no-bid $150 million contract. You know, I know Michael Solomon. I haven't seen him in a while. I know he wants to be relevant again. He was going to run for mayor. Then he got appointed to the board. Years ago, I used to go to Wes's Rib House. He was a good city council president. But again, I hate, what was he promised? Michael, what are you doing? Brenda Dan Messier, don't know it. Dave Shivert is one of McKee's pals from Cumberland. And then Liz Catucci. But I want to focus on this was planned. You know, Governor McKee, they knew. Listen, they can count votes. And as I said to Dan McGowan last hour, and folks, the reason why I start to raise my voice, I'm not angry about it. But like the rest of the media, like wake the blank up. Right? Stop just because someone says something doesn't mean it's the, tr- the truth. Remember, truth, but verify. You know, and there's countless examples of this. Tierra Mack, why did she post that twerking video on her political campaign account for TikTok? Oh, well, she said uh, that's a multi, oh, she said. So that makes it true. You know what TikTok said? No, no, no. There's no such thing as multi-use. Either a personal account or that. Stop taking people's words for it. They knew, let's get it to 5-5, and then McKee came in. You know, even the reporters like, boy, the room seems tense. And for some reason, they, they wanted, you know, to push this vote through. And I can't imagine, you know, cause, yeah, because it's like a bank robbery. Do you have a lot of time in a bank robbery? Do they want a lot of people paying attention to this blanking vote? Do they want a light shined on it now? Why do you think they were in a hurry? And what do you think um, uh, George Nee was saying to McKee? If, listen, you blank this up and we're going with someone else. You screw up this vote. We own you. Okay? We own you. We made you. You would have lost to Aaron Ruggenberg if it wasn't for us. You're going to make this vote happen, and you're going to make it happen now. So you do whatever the hell you have to do. Promise them anything. Carl Weinstein, I decided not to. Captain Blowhard. It's big friggin' cigar. Yeah, why don't you shove that up your behind? I don't know, William Stone. Honestly, on the take. How dare you go? How dare nothing? Real profiles and courage. So now they can walk around saying, I didn't vote for it. Yeah, you didn't vote. You know, I remember when uh, Chafee didn't vote for the Iraq, uh, for the U.S. to invade Iraq. And my former colleague, Eileen Violet, was like, he's a soothsayer. He had the courage to stand. No, no, excuse me. (coughs) Chafee's a pacifist. Chafee's vote against going to what? No, Chafee's always voting no. He just didn't vote no to invade Iraq. He would have inv- he would have voted no during World War II. He would have voted no in World War One. He he didn't want us to take action after 9-11. That doesn't count. He has the temerity. No, he has nothing, Eileen. Eileen. No, wrong. No, he's always voting no. Chafee's a pacifist. If you said to Chafee, hey, listen, it's 1941. You have a choice to kill Hitler. You are a member of the CIA, I don't know, or the government. We have a chance to bomb and kill Hitler. Should we do it? What do you think his answer is? No. No, he's always voting no. He was a soothsayer. He's not a soothsayer, and he's in. No, he was always voting no. All right, I'm going to play the sound about the stadiums. Listen, Governor McKee, he's like, hey, listen, I was the tie-breaking vote. I think it'd be good for Pawtucket, blah, blah, blah. We'll figure it out. Let's win. Now we got Neon board. 
So get the laborers out there. See if we can sober up Sabatoni and maybe we can pull off this primary. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by AtMed Urgent Care. Now, listen, I want to remind you, if you have an emergency, do what I did. Go to AtMed Urgent Care, two locations, 1524 Abbott Avenue in Johnston and 5750 Post Road East Greenwich, instead of waiting for hours at an emergency room. They provide comprehensive outpatient health care, cost-efficient health care alternative. It's AtMed Urgent Care. They do it all. Walk-in routine urgent care, minor surgical, orthopedic and trauma, work-related injuries. And on top of that, they offer mononuclear antibody infusions. It's AtMed Urgent Care. Look for them online, atmedurgentcare.net. Stop in and see them. When you have an emergency, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Johnson. I went to the one in East Greenwich, 5750 Post Road East Greenwich, right across from uh, Felicia's. Folks, again, I implore you to visit the website, dpetro.com, which is brought by the Senadale Revival. Shane does such a great job. Comfort food and cocktails, 2025 Smith Street, North Providence, and right next door, Stella Sweets. You're going to have a great meal at the Senadale Revival. I, I want to explain this. I mean, this is absolutely, yeah, Wayne Grow. Uh, um, it is, um, you know, that's such a great line. Wayne Grow. You think no one's got a better, you know, uh, motivation to take him out. He is a luxury. Wayne Grow is a luxury right now. Think of what you, what you want to fight out in the streets with against Wayne Grow. It's such a great scene. Um, that's right, Freddie. And the TV repairman. So, hey, Slick, he can't hear you. See the stuff coming out of his ears? They can't hear you. That idiot. This gang will not hesitate. Boom, pop a witness. Once you kill one, why leave a leaving witness? This this gang, this crew will rock and roll in a heartbeat. That's right. It was the homeless guy, TV guy. He heard the word slick. That's such a great scene. Sherito, Michael Sherito. Tone Loke. You know, Al Pacino is so good. Is he kidding me? Is he kidding me? <laughs> this, I am blank and overwhelmed. I am blank and overwhelmed. You know, what's the matter with you? Drag me down here. You know, I run into this slick. Now, if he didn't say nothing, I wouldn't have thought nothing. But he's going on and on about he's not doing this, not doing that. So I know he's up to something. Did time with him at Folsom. <laughs> but anyhow, fiend for action. Tone low cat it right. Fiend for action. Such a good flick. By the way, before I, I talk about the Top Gun, if you haven't seen it. Now, I, I admittedly, I was a, used to be a big when I lived in New York in the 90s, I, and I'm not exaggerating, I would go to the, I mean, whatever you want to call it. I, uh, I took film classes in school, film, movies, whatever. I'd go to the movies I, I don't, three times a week because there's plenty of films that, that open in New York and L.A. and they don't play elsewhere. So, and, and there was great, you know, movie theaters there and the Ziegfeld and the big screen and movie premieres. But anyhow, um, and I, 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 love, I would love sometimes in the afternoon Spring, fall, whatever. It's a cloudy afternoon, and you just shoot and go see a, a you know a movie. Two two thirty in the afternoon, depending on like the time. Three o'clock, one o'clock. One o'clock is great if you can, but like empty movie theater. So I haven't been. I have not been to a film. First of all, there's been nothing to see. Um, and number two, because of, you know with the whole COVID thing, it was kind of thrown off. But boy. Showcase last night, the movie-going experience, if you haven't been. First of all, they sell booze, which is nice. The reclining chairs, it's so comfortable. And Top Gun Maverick, I'm really happy for Tom Cruise. Um, the, the movie is, it's, it is, it's enjoyable. You know, no, it's great adventure. Plus, the screen is, like, enormous. They've made the screens bigger. If you haven't seen it, it's worth it. The whole experience, <clears throat> I'm looking for something else to go see. I'm not going to waste my time with some stupid things. But a lot of times, uh, but anyhow, it's, it's, it's worth going to see that. And I, I remember I saw Heat 
uh, when it came out, when I lived in New York, on one of like, those giant screens. And the, the, um, the, the bank robbery scene in the canyon, Michael Mann did the music for that, those drums, right? And then also uh, Danny Elfman is, does some of the music on that. But they purposely um, shot that on a, on a Saturday when downtown L.A., Saturday, Sunday is empty. And it, you know, the, the, the um, you, you have to see, I mean, it's just rockets, Right. It's just rockets. I like films like that. I like that. Obviously, the town, um, you know, I like everybody else. I've seen Godfather one and two more than 50 times. I saw Godfather three when I came out. That was enough. Just once could barely get through it. <clears throat> but he is um, and John Voight's character. Nate is great <laughs> in heat. I like when De Niro comes. Where is he? He left. Chris. Like What? Hey, free country, brother. <clears throat> I like the scene where Nate, John Voight, is telling him, you should pass. Hannah, he says, look at this guy. Look how smart this guy is. Says just some kind of star. Um, the coffee shop scene in Heat. You know, they actually filmed that at night. They purposely, Michael Mann that did the film, <clears throat> purposely had. De Niro and Pacino, without really any rehearsal, purposely do that at night. So they did seem tired when they're sitting in the coffee shop, going back, you know, going back and forth. So, um, well, anyhow, I know I'm off on a, a little bit of a tangent there, folks. But those that uh, know those films would appreciate them. I also had, um, I had a really good point about that that no one has made. About heat, but I'll think of it and I'll I'll play it out. All right, I want to play some of the coverage. Governor McKee now, you know, oh, this is good for Pawtucket. It's not good for Pawtucket. We should not be on the hook for this. This is a joke. This is corruption. That's right. Flip side to that coin. Brother, you are going down. No, I love that. Um, but no, I, I it, listen, folks, in this thing with the stadium, this is not a Republican or Democrat type issue. Governor McKee. Governor McGreed, he is completely taking advantage, completely taking advantage of the, the, his position. This is a sleazy deal, but the one that should not be let off the hook are the two that didn't vote. Because once they could get it to 5-5, McKee and Nee, the twins of deception, they knew McKee had the ace in his pocket for the for the deciding vote. So their goal was to not to get it to win the vote. This is like point shaving. Okay, do you remember the college basketball point shaving? There's still sometimes allegations about point shaving. Just quickly, this isn't a sports thing, but with point shaving, the allure of point shaving was you don't have to lose the game. You know, there's a, you know, once in a while, there's allegations about it in basketball. There was a big scandal, Boston College. The line comes out to, you know, 10. So you, the good, you're going to win the game. But the, the gamblers that you're in with and you shave points, you want to pick the other team with the points. So let's just say, and that's what this is. This is point shaving. So... Let's just say it was Boston College, and they were favored to win by 10. So the players that were involved with the point shaving, the gamblers would say to them, oh, you're still going to win, but just don't win by more than 10. So, you know, they're up by 12. So a Boston College player that was in on the scam accidentally causes a turnover. The other team scores. Now the lead is 10. Clock is ticking down. Now there's 30 seconds left. Now the coach is saying, just run it out. Nobody shoot. We're going to win this game by 10. But he's got to deliver. So what does he do? Oh, bad pass. The other team got it. Now the lead is eight. Buzzer, well, we won by eight. Now maybe the coach says, hey, you got to be a little careful. I didn't like some of those. Um, I didn't like some of those. Uh, the pass is at the end, but a win is a win, right? A win is a win. There's, there's something to do that. So in this situation, Governor McKee says to, and I'd like to know the <clears throat> correspondent communication 
with Carl Weinstein. Carl, I'm not asking you to vote for this. I'm not saying vote yes. What I'm saying is just don't vote. Right? Carl Weinstein doesn't know. They don't they don't need his vote. They need his non-vote. They need his non-vote. A non-vote is a vote. Now, I don't know this William Stone. I'll try to get a hold of him. You know, a lot of times you don't get on that board. I want to commend those that voted no. But I'm, I'm a little stunned at the people. Yeah, for some reason, everyone was tense. They wanted to push this. Of course they did. Right? It's like they're in the, they're in the bank. Let's go. Clock is ticking. There goes the call. They know. They have 60 seconds from when the call goes out. Response time. Let's roll it. That's what that is. So when George D. And I don't know. You know, we we don't know what deal was cut with Carl Weinstein. It could be as simple as the guy wants to be relevant and he likes to give his big speeches and everybody's got to listen to his blowhard and he's picture, you know, the cigar and the army helmet and blah, blah, blah. It could be as simple as he wants to be on the board. So everyone has to listen to his pabble. Could be as simple as that. Or it could be, could be, what is the scene in The Godfather? Robert Duvall goes out to Hollywood. Get the movie for Johnny Fontaine. And what does he say, the movie director? Start talking. Waltz, right? This is going to happen. You have a star that's going to move on to heroin. You could have some labor trouble. And Waltz grabs Tom Tom Hagen, right? Who the hell are you? Right? You think you're going to come down here? I know every big lawyer in New York. Who the hell are you? Right? Well, you're going to have some guineas coming out, shaking me down here. But one of the things he said, you could start having some labor trouble. So we don't know what the conversation was with George Nee, Governor McKee. Notice it rhymes. Carl Weinstein. I don't know enough about him, so I don't know if he's someone that if you threaten him, he gets even more defensive or he backs off. It's been my experience covering corruption. When people get threatened, they have one or two reactions. There are people that are threatened that go along. Okay, he means business, right? If you do this or if you don't do that, I'm going to do this. And so they say, okay, hands up, give them, give me a wallet, give me a watch. There are other people, if they get threatened, they're like, oh, yeah, guess what? Blank you. Now I am voting no. So I don't know enough about him to know how they played him. But it could have been, gee, Carl, we have some union members, some union heads. They'd love to meet with some of your employees. At your whatever the company is that he runs, Ribco, Vibco, Vibco, something like that. And it could be as simple as, gee, um, you know, some of our field representatives would like to set up a meeting with your employees about unionizing. Now, I could either stamp approval on that or I could say, nah. Not so much. Not feeling that one. What do you think? Now, I don't know. I want to be very clear. I don't know the answer. I'm going to try to find out. Something went down, right? When you have a guy like Carl Weinstein, I could see he's saying, oh, I didn't have all the facts. So I thought it'd be prudent. Here's the thing, though. He didn't delay it. He didn't say, I think we need to delay the meeting. I could see if someone said, I don't have the facts, therefore... Tell the five people voting no, if you vote along with me, the six of us, let's get, I think it's like a quorum, and we want to delay it so I can get this thing. But if you had, you know, five people voted no. If you had five people voting no in Carl Wadstein all saying, we haven't had enough time to go through this. All right, well, then now it makes, you know, now you can make an argument that enough of them saying, I don't have enough information to make this deal. But the fact that I don't, and this guy, Bill William Stone, I wonder if that's the William Stone I know. I do know a Bill Stone. Hmm. All right, I'll find that out. I'll find that out. 
I do know a William Stone as I think of it. I'll reach out to him. Voted, didn't vote. I'll withhold judgment. Um, uh, that's what it came down to. Do you see the play? So then they know, Carl, do we have your word on the non-vote? Carl Weinstein and William Stone. You know what? Now I am curious. Who the hell is he? William Stone Commerce Board. If it is, I'm going to reach out. Um, Commerce RI. I wonder if it's the... My goodness, it... Are you kidding me? Yes, it is. I know him. Former neighbor. All right, I'll contact him. I'll contact him and see if he'll come on. There he is. Wow. Hmm. He voted. He voted no vote. <laughs> I'm going to reach out to him. All right. We'll find out. Why did he not vote? Hmm. Now, he, I am surprised at, because I would think he would vote no, but he didn't vote. We'll find out. All right, folks, let me stay on schedule. Very interesting. Gets more interesting by the minute. This portion of the program is brought to you by J. Perry Paving. Now, listen. A great investment in your home or property is J. Perry Paving. They provide high quality, fair pricing, exceptional service, 20 years experience, specialized commercial paving, residential paving, seal coating, patios. Call for free estimate 401-732-1730. 401-732-1730, letter J, J. Perry Paving. Get your driveway paved. And remember, no one is better to veterans than J. Perry Paving. Once a month, they give away, do a free driveway for a veteran. And if you're a veteran, no one will do it for you cheaper than J. Perry Paving. Whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway. Affordable, smooth, and safe to drive on, it's J. Perry Paving. 401-732-1730. 401-732-1730 for J. Perry Paving. I am very surprised that my former neighbor, Bill Stone, did a no vote with Commerce. I'm going to reach out to him simply because he knew the sleaze of a Mattiello and shaking down, I'm not trying to put words in his mouth, but shaking down. The whole reason Mattiello wouldn't go with the Paw Sox is he was trying to shake them down and they wouldn't pay him. That's what it really came down to. You know, Mattiello the whole time, he just envisioned dollar signs. That's how he saw. Remember, when someone is trying to get something accomplished in the state, um, the Rhode Island politicians, they kind of view it as if you used to watch like Bugs Bunny and, and shows like that, um, sometimes they, they would have them like walking through a desert. My brother Tommy and I used to then, you know, you, you, when you're a kid, you see in a cartoon where they're, they're um, so thirsty and dehydrated that they start seeing mirages, right? They see water or then they, they, they look at who they're walking with and they look like a pork chop or something um, to that accord. So with, with Matty Yellow, he, he couldn't sit through a meeting with the Paw Sox because he just saw them as dollar signs. He... He saw them as people to be exploited. He saw them as Mattiello did, totally saw them as as suckers, as oh, oh great, you wanna you wanna build you wanna build a stadium? Great. Yeah, we, we can we can absolutely make that happen for you. We can we can um, we can make that happen very, very easily for you. So, um, so, and, and, and that's every time what I was told, he would give the Paw Sox, okay, you're going to contact this person for a land study and this person for this and blah, 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 blah. And then when they would go to those people, um, 
they, they, they what they wanted to charge was was just you know outrageous. So they, they would come back to that person. And then when they would meet with Mattiello, he'd say, I told you to call this guy. I told you to call that guy. Like, what do you, what's the deal here? And they'd say, yeah, we called that guy. He was three times the price of three other people that we called. And Mattiello was like, you're going to get ripped off. Don't you understand that? I'm going to make a fortune off of you. All right, I want to play McKee Answers Critics of Tidewater Landing Deal, the most extensive, uh, expensive soccer stadium in the country. Let's listen. This is the Channel 10 story. political twist. Governor Dan McKee <clears throat> broke a tie to get it through. There were two abstentions and one only in Rhode Island. No vote from the brother of another candidate running against McKee. NBC 10 political reporter Brian Crandall is here. The Tidewater project moves on barely with millions in taxpayer money. The vote comes in the midst of a hotly contested election season. The brother of Helena Buonanno Folks, one of Dan McKee's opponents in the governor's race, sits on the Commerce Board and voted against McKee's Good. deal. Bernard Bonanno III tells me by phone his concern is with the viability of the stadium as a standalone project without the original residential and retail phase to go with it. But Bonanno tells me any political motivation is the furthest thing from the truth, that he has not talked to his sister about the deal. Folk's campaign tells me Bonanno absolutely did not consult Helena on his decision, but in a previous statement echoed similar concern, saying the development deserves to be more than just a stadium and not confident McKee explored all options. Among the other board members voting against the proposal is Michael McNally, who has donated to Folk's campaign and told me today he hopes Folk's wins. McNally told me his vote had nothing to do with politics, but was about concern with $60 million going to a minor league soccer stadium without knowing how much more taxpayer subsidy could be needed to complete the surrounding development. On the other side, the president of the Rhode Island AFL-CIO Labor Union, George Nee, voted for the governor's stadium plan just a few hours after the AFL-CIO endorsed McKee in the That's governor's right. race. Nee tells me today the endorsement and his stadium vote are not related oh, at all. Oh, come on! He thinks the deal is a good plan to spur economic development and create jobs. The Tidewater plan is coming under fire from other gubernatorial candidates. Nelly Gorbea says she would have voted no and calls it another failure of leadership by the McKee administration. Dr. Luis Daniel Munoz claims it puts Rhode Island on a path toward 38 Studios 2.0. Matt Brown points out the head of the Tidewater Development Company and lobbyists donated to McKee. And Republican Ashley Kalis says McKee is doling out corporate welfare instead of providing relief to families in need. McKee's campaign shoots back saying the deal has strong taxpayer protections and at Gorbea in particular, who leads in the latest poll, that a no vote from her would leave Pawtucket and the region out to dry. I'm Brian Crandall, NBC10 News. Very good piece by Brian Crandall. Quiet. Very good piece by Brian Crandall. And the the comical thing there, I'm not saying, let let me just, and I want to explain, notice the George Neath thing is very significant. Do I, like, here's why. Because after McKee got the endorsement, there's no way that he was going to vote no. As soon as it was coming to a tiebreaker. So as much as George Nee says there's no connection, no connection to the endorsement and McKee voting yes, that's not true. Because there's no way after the endorsement McKee was voting no. So it is tied. It is tied. To try to pretend it's not is is completely laughable. It just is. Corporation to approve the Tidewater Stadium deal has some interesting political twists. Governor Dan McKee. Yeah, to say the least, to say the least, um, um, Patrice has an interesting political twist. It's wrong. It shouldn't be happening. Um. It it is it's but but for them to be that disingenuous. Right. That disingenuous of, oh, no, the endorsement wasn't tied to the project. So, in other words, you gave Governor McKee the endorsement. And if he had voted no, he still would have got the endorsement. I want to hear this is the Channel 12 story. 
told you about this last night at 10 and 11. The developers asked for an additional 30 million due to inflation and supply chain issues. 12 News reporter Brittany Schaefer joining us live now from that site in Pawtucket. She has a look at what officials are saying and also how neighbors are reacting today. Brittany. O'Brien, Chelsea, the amended plan narrowly passed six to five with that tie-breaking vote coming from Governor Dan McKee. Now, the site behind me, full of construction vehicles and materials, will get an additional $27 million. Excavators move gravel as the Tidewater Landing Project moves forward. The $284 million price tag now approved for $344 million. Uh, yesterday was a huge day for the city of Pawtucket. Last night's 6-5 vote continues the waterfront soccer stadium, but with taxpayer dollars, bringing the total public investment to nearly $60 million. The price tag is pretty steep. A move splitting residents. Behind well, that 110%. I've, uh, I'm a soccer fan. We don't want to pay for that. For taxpayers to pay for something we didn't ask for, I don't think it's right. The $27 million will go towards constructing the 10,000-seat soccer stadium, along with revitalizing the downtown riverfront with commercial property, housing units, and retail space. The amended plan also includes a clause protecting taxpayers by prohibiting the state and city from covering additional costs moving forward. The taxpayers are protected. There is all sorts of precautionary measures made. No, but let's not. not lose sight of the fact that this is a transformational project for the city of Pawtucket. Bike paths to waterfront access and you know, we'll have some beautiful new de uh, development over there. That's what's important to the city of Pawtucket. And as mayor, we've been fighting for this and we're excited about this and the investment is coming in here. And two members of the Rhode Island Commerce Corporation Board abstained from voting yesterday. I did reach out to learn why they made that decision, but have not heard back. Chelsea Bryan. And Britt, Governor McKee says this project will not only boost the economy in Pawtucket, but also the entire state. Did he explain how, though? Is that going to? Well, Governor Dave McKee says not only just the construction phase of this pro project, but when the project is actually complete, it will create thousands of jobs. No, he says won't. with the looming recession over the entire country, this project will help keep Rhode Island afloat. Guys. All right, Brittany, live for us in Pawtucket. You know, you know what's a joke, folks, is this business of it's going to provide construction jobs. Hey, listen, if that's the case, why not do a billion dollar, $1 billion project? Because then that would provide a lot of construction jobs. The question is, who's paying for it? No, it's not. Let me explain something. And I explained this in the first hour. Uh, depends on where you are. Right now, it's 1253. Folks, good afternoon. You're listening to The John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 .9 FM. And by the way, I appreciate that people like the movie references. I like when you can make a point by using, uh, you know, a movie or TV reference I find that that, you know, sometimes can just be easier for people to understand. And I, I like talking in that vernacular, but the metaphor when it works, works. But if anyone, if you've ever been to the Wickford train station, the Wickford train station, it's near the Walmart. There's a Staples there in North Kingstown. It was really most used for the uh, COVID testing and, and so on. So, they, they say, we're going to get some federal money. We can build a garage at the Wickford train station. Great. It's really not busy. Is I don't understand. I guess there are some people that take that to Boston. If you take that door-to-door -to, -door to Boston, it's like two and a half hours. It's ludicrous. But anyhow, maybe a little bit longer than that. So some people do it. You can't even take that to Boston on the weekend, the Wickford train station. It just goes during the week. It takes you from there to uh, TF Green Airport. And then it still is in an Amtrak situation. But the Wickford train station is a good example. They get a hold of some federal transportation money. And instead of just saying, based on the usage at the Wickford train station, we probably only need a two-story garage max for that. If you have ever been to the Wickford train station, and the only reason I have been there is again, because you could go there to get a COVID test most recently. <clears throat> you have to go up to the, they would, and they would have it the sixth, it's six levels. I forget, I used to know, I think it was 2,400, um, how many cars it could fit. On any given day, there's probably 
less than 25 cars that actually use the Wickford train station. So if you're saying what would be the practical use of building a 2400 space garage, there is no practical use. The whole reason for it was it was a gift to the unions. It was a gift to labor. It was a gift, a no bid deal, right? Because otherwise, if they said, okay, yeah, we got you know, I don't know, five million, six million to build a parking garage. Or I'll even go to 10 million if you want, a really nice one. But no, they didn't, that's not enough. So instead, they're trying to find a way to give organized labor 50 million, because that's how much they were able to pull out of Washington. So what they do, is they say, then just build a huge garage. I mean, that's what's going on with the stadium. The stadium, that's not going to provide any jobs. <laughs> There's not going to be development around there. These guys are puppets to organize labor. They are absolute puppets to organize labor. They they don't want to tell Nee no. That is laughable of uh, Nee, who gave the endorsement to McKee, said the two were not connected. Uh, they, they everything was in motion. Let, let me just say this for anyone that says that it wasn't connected. On Monday night, after receiving the endorsement from the AFL-CIO, there is no way on this earth that Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee was going to walk into that commerce meeting and have a six-six tie. And he he looks to the right, right, and there's knee. What, he's going to tell them no. So in other words, the AFL-CIO members, they're not going to be building a $150 million stadium. Just ask yourself this question on this Wednesday. How many 150, let's even round it, I'll even go low, $100 million. How many $100 million stadium projects are the unions, organized labor, AFL-CIO, are they going to build in Rhode Island in a no-bid situation, say, in the next five years, ten years? Let's see. None. That's right. So there's no way that was going to happen. You know, it's interesting. A couple of weeks ago, Michael Sabatoni, who got nailed on the DUI, he showed up at one of the meetings. And they do that just to let everybody know. You know that scene in Godfather? Godfather 2, just as, you know, um, he's going to flip on Michael Corleone. And then what do they do? Folks, this is important at 158. Godfather 2, who do they bring in? Who's sitting next to Michael Corleone? It's his brother from the old country. And then as he's about to rat out Michael Corleone this, Michael Corleone that, he looks over. And sees the brother. Boom. The brother didn't have to say a word. And that straightened everything out. And then he goes and, you know, slits his wrists in the baths, just like the Romans. My point is, when these guys walk into a room, they don't have to say a word. A guy like Dan McKee, he's asking for permission before he can go to the men's room. Folks, at 1259, we have a lot more ahead. It's the John DePietro Show on this Wednesday. We will be doing Facebook Live later. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to break for the 1 o'clock news. A lot more ahead. Let's get an update. AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can listen at the website, which is dipetro.com. So we're going to break for the 1 o'clock news. A lot more ahead. I will be doing Facebook Live later. Stay tuned. The Power Hour is next on the John DePetro Show.